Well, hello again, everybody. This is John Norris at Trading Perspectives. As always, we have our good friend Sam Clement. Sam, say hello. How's it going, John? Sam, I'm doing fantastic. I hope you've got big plans for the weekend. Uh, not really. Just going to watch the draft, probably. <laughs> Hopefully see a few Auburn players get drafted. What draft are you talking about? NFL. Oh, come on. You're not really going to watch that, are you? A, f- a little bit of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Got to watch and some this of is, it. And this is where, you know, we're drafting people into the NFL, and 22-year-olds get their retirement plans for them, given, you know, just from the well, get-go. Well, a few of them. <laughs> Most of it's not guaranteed, though. You know, speaking of retirement, you know, I remember a few weeks ago, we talked about college tuition, and I told you about how we had gone on the college tour with my son, my junior right. in high school. And, you know, someone had listened to him and was asked me questions about it and then asked me if I was kind of scared or nervous about my last last born going off to college out of the house being an empty nester. And I said, I said you know, I'm not scared about that. I mean, it's just part of life. I said, what I'm scared about is all of a sudden <laughs> being alone with being an empty nester with my wife, being alone with her, maybe she won't like me anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, so, it's a whole new year. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's me. You know, It's not her, it's me. Maybe, maybe all of a sudden, maybe she won't like me any longer. Because I recently <laughs> read an article uh, about um, how this woman was talking about how her husband had retired, and she goes, "It was the best of everywhere, of everything. I, I got twice the husband and half the income. You know, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny." Uh, and then I was actually reading something, you know, maybe the next day or the day afterwards, just talking about, and I sent it to you. So uh, from Malden Economics, the yeah. top man, Jared Dillon, talking about how this is a guy, very bright guy. Uh, very astute in the financial markets, talking about how he had never, he doesn't ever envision himself actually fully ever retiring. Right. He, he envisions he will be writing his columns, doing his podcast, doing all that stuff, talking about the economy, talking about the financial markets. Quite literally, I think he said in the article, he'll write his last one on his deathbed in the hospital room. Yeah. So that is his version of retirement is continuing to work, but maybe not at the same hectic, frantic pace as where he is doing it right now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've, truthfully, I mean, I read it and I've, I've kind of, I don't know, empathize is not the right word, I identified with it a little bit. Because, saying when I was your age, coming out of um, you know, college and first starting off in my career, I had a very set idea of what retirement was. And back in those days, back in the early 90s, a long time ago, Sam. Long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we stop right here and have a very, very quick employee review, if you don't, if you don't mind. Uh, but back then, I sort of viewed retirement as you go out, you retire, they give you a gold watch, they give you some sort of present at a retirement party. Don't they sing like for he's a jolly good fellow well, or yeah, something well, like Which that. nobody can deny except for most of the people that you work with. And, uh, and so say none of us, that type of deal, <laughs> depending on the British in any event. Where you get some kind of present, and then after the present, you go and look at your wife for a little bit, and she looks at you and don't really have anything to say to one another. Again, twice the husband, half the income. So you go out and buy a Buick. And you go out and buy a Buick, and you buy riding gloves and a hat. And you, you immediately can, get worse at driving. <laughs> you immediately get worse at driving. You slow down. You stay <laughs> in the fast lane, going slower. Got the hat, and the hat continues to shrink, shrink, shrink until you disappear into the seat. And you, all, you always got two hands on the wheel. Without a doubt, but no one, no one behind you can see you because yeah. you have you have shrunk so hit, much. Hit your brakes at random, random <laughs> times. <laughs> so that was my definition of retirement. That, and also when Beth and I were first married, my wife, lovely wife Beth. That that was the first definition of retirement. But when we were first married, her grandfather and his second wife, Barbara, lovely people, were still alive. And my second definition of retirement was they were retired and we were at Hilton Head, uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, this one particular summer. And by God, Carl, her grandfather, 
wanted to go to, I forget what the name of it, Der Schnitzel or Der House or the House of Wiener. I mean, just some German restaurant at the beach in South Carolina. You imagine the German food is going to be really top notch at the beach in South Carolina. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had German food at a beach before. <laughs> but wanted to go to the early birds. We had to be there at 5 o'clock. And because at 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, this is where my memory is real weird on stuff like It's like 12.50 a person. 12.50 a person. You got some versed. You got some sauerkraut, red cabbage, potato salad. But important to call was that, that 12, for that 12.50, it came with a beer. Big Stein of beer? Well, it wasn't necessarily a Big Stein. It was maybe a 12-ounce beer. Yeah, so not a good, boot. You know, it served in a Pilsner glass, but it wasn't some sort of, ah, oh, I it. Mean, some sort of big right. something or another. But that, that was my other definition of retirement. One, buying a Buick. And then two, making making sure that I hit the early word special. So you can get in bed by what seven, seven <laughs> thirty. So that that those are my two definitions. That's kind of what I thought, you know, retirement was. You know, that type of stuff. And then you know, fast forward. You know, I mean, going on 25, 30 years, my definition of retirement is a lot more like Jared Dillion's from from Malden Economics. You know, the the tenth man in that column talking about still working but slowing down retirement. Yeah. You know? And for me, retirement is going to be, instead of working 50 to 60 hours a week like I do, depending on the week now, it might be I might work 30 hours a week. Yeah. Or I might just come in and if I'm, I mean, if they'll still have me at Oakworth Capital Bank when I'm 70, 75 years of age, coming in and doing um, trading perspectives with the with the new head of wealth management, you know, Sam Clement. <laughs> I like or, it. You like that. If you, off if you have me. And <laughs> we're coming in and writing common sense, but they, we, we won't know what sense are back then because we'll get rid of uh, coinage and what have you. So like be, common Bitcoin. Yeah, common, common Bitcoin, something like that. And so doing something like that, but, you know, uh, not giving that up because, truthfully, I know my limitations as an individual. And I think I would absolutely drive my wife nuts if I were to just sit around the house and not have anything to do. Yeah, well, that article that you mentioned that you emailed to me mentioned so many benefits of having a job. The utility from having a job is not just a paycheck. It's not just, I mean, they list off five or six different reasons why people that have jobs uh, generally are happier than people that don't have jobs. And that's not just for the fact that they're making money. Usually people enjoy having a job people get some sort of worth out of having the job some self-worth so yeah i mean it makes sense why people want to continue some form of working not just for the paycheck now before well i mean i hear you and i agree with that but before we get into what i think we might end up trading some perspectives on and this is you know the generational differences of what retirement may look like or if there is a retirement or something along those lines I'm going to give you maybe some of the shifting trends in just the overall workforce because everyone knows our, our, our society is getting older. We've got more older people than ever before. And, you know, we've got more retirees, more people taking out of the system, what have you. And talking about my earlier, about my, my previous definitions of retirement, the Buick and der Wiener Schnitzel, the Hofbrau, the 1250 special, right. all that stuff, the hot potato salad and the red cabbage, all that stuff for retirement. I got to tell you, Sam, it looks as though older people are now working more and more. Now, don't get me wrong, they're still not, the older people are not working at the same levels of people in their 24 to 55. But consider this in 1987, 19.9% um, of U.S. workers, eligible U.S. workers between the age of 65 and 69, 19.9% were participating in the workforce. So, for the most part, 
Twenty percent. Yeah, fifth of the population. Fast forward to 2017, and that number has increased to 31.2 percent. So over 50 percent. 50 percent more, right? Yeah. And we have more people, 65 to 69. So in both absolute and relative terms, more people between 65 and 69 are working. Sure. Then consider this one: for 70 to 74-year-olds, back in 1987, only 10.6 percent of these eligible workers were participating in the workforce compared to 20.2 percent in 2017. What do you think about that? So doubled. Essentially that's, that's doubled. That's a big, I mean, a, like a, you said, a, absolute and relative In terms. absolute relative terms, that's a lot more people between the age of 70 to 74 participating in the workforce. And here's the last one. And this is where maybe I might be talking about retirement. I don't know. Full retirement. <laughs> full retirement. If not, if not full respiration or something. In 1987, 75 and older eligible workers, 75 years of age and older, 4.1% were participating in the U.S. workforce. Fast forward to 2017, and 8.4% were. Fully double that as well. So in absolute terms, we have more retirees than ever before because we have simply more. But as a percentage of the age demographics, more and more people are opting to stay into the workforce. And in this definition, it's really kind of self-reporting. But for, the, for all intents and purposes, sure. it's whether or not someone is receiving W-2 income or maybe even 1099 miscellaneous. Well, I would, I would mostly give that to generational changes and, you know, a generation getting older and more people from that generation getting into those different age groups that you were talking about, more so than a necessary change in how people view retirement. I think just the idea of retirement is so different for people of that age right now versus people around my age. Well, I mean, you, you, you kind of opened up that can of worms, that Pandora's box. Kind of looking at me, kind of like, uh-oh. Well, work well, I mean, like, what, what does retirement look like to someone that is Generation Z? Well, I think people now, younger people, are not as attached to their career as older people are. If you hold on one second, we are going to have another quick employee <laughs> review. No. That's, that's a twofer. I think, I think that's our best one yet. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But the work-life balance is starting to seem more more important to younger people and people that are having families and stuff like that um, to enjoy more of their time outside of their outside their job. So what you I mean, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, and I tend to misprocess stuff all the time, as <laughs> Beth will, my wife will be happy to tell you anytime, anytime you ask. Maybe we should have stuff. her on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to. Um, if I'm processing you correctly, what you're what you're saying is people your age, younger generations, don't want to be don't want them don't want to be defined by their job. Sure, I think people now, younger people now, are finding it easier to walk away from their career than other people. You know, what's so interesting about that is because we have names, you know, all of us have names, right? Yeah. And most people's last name reflects what someone did as a living in the past. So people were quite literally defined by their names. Yeah. You ever met someone named Baker? I have. Or Smith or, or Cooper? You know, this is, this is kind of boring. My last name is Norris, as you well know. Norris comes from an Anglo-Saxon term. Definition supposedly means nurse. My name John comes from the Hebrew, meaning God's gift. So technically, my name means God's gift, the nurse. Kind of tooting your own horn a little right now. Well, I don't know. I'm not a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so people quite literally in the past were defined yeah. by their jobs. Yeah. I mean, quite literally. And yet younger people today, I mean, I've heard you say it and I've heard other people say, they don't want 
their jobs to be all they're about. Right. So what does... I mean, you're starting to see that even with, like, the benefits that jobs are giving to their employees. Um, Some of these places with unlimited vacation time and um, maternity, like, more paternity leave is now becoming... um, Them places are outliers. We don't need to talk about those places. Uh, That's fantasy stuff. But you're seeing that those kind of things are what companies are using to appeal to younger employees now and to get them to come in is these benefits that aren't necessarily um, have monetary value, but more so for their work-life balance. So and speaking of work-life balance and talking about these changing benefits, I guess you would also be saying that the definition of retirement would be changing significantly as well. I would say so. Or even, you know, I mean, take uh, Dylan, Dylan uh, from, you know, talking about never going to retire from the 10th man from right. economics, talking about he's never going to retire. He's Gen X like I am. He sounded like he wanted to keep his job or basically the same kind of job that he has. So so I will tell you, I identify with that, I mean, hook, line, and sinker, as I've already mentioned. So maybe if that's a Gen X position that I'm going to continue to work in some form or fashion. It might not be, I mean, I laughingly said come in here and, you know, do do podcasts and what have you. And I might be doing something completely different, you know, of a greeter at Walmart or just something. You'd be good at that. <laughs> I, th- I think I'd be horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible at that. Uh, but, be doing, but doing something like this. But if I'm not mistaken, if I've read somewhere, people of your age not only don't anticipate working until they take them out in a pine box, they're going to be working completely different anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when they're young in their 20s and 30s, people are valuing their work-life balance in a way that shifts how they're working, um, especially once retirement comes around. You see, that that doesn't make any sense. Sam, when you when you come out of school, you should work until you're in the grave, and then you should, you should be forgotten. That's the, way, that's the way I was raised. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we are trading perspectives a little bit. I'm teasing about that. But I do think it's interesting, though. I mean, in talking about retirement, how the two of us can have different views on what retirement not only looks like, but whether or not we're going to ever retire. Sure. I mean, John Maynard Keynes used to think Keynes used to think that know. people would be working 15 hours a week by now, by 2030. Um, quoting Keynes, are we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Walking on eggshells in an economic <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but he did say that, didn't yeah. he? So, yeah. We'll have to see how it all, all goes. But I will tell you, I do believe that we'll see this labor force participation rate for people over the age of 65 continue to creep up a little bit. We're never going to get to the same levels that we have for 24 to 54 or anything like that. But I do believe that more and more older people, at least for the next generation or two, until my generation comes through all the way through the system and starts hitting the ceiling of the actuarial tables, if you catch my grip. <laughs> Uh, I would imagine we'll we'll continue to see that labor force participation rate, fewer people retiring as as percentage of of their demographic, um, for the simple reason that people are just living longer. Yeah, and are scared of outliving their money. But with better economic conditions, surely more people will be able to retire a little earlier if if they so choose. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it's very generational. I think as uh, generations move forward, and as my generation gets closer to retirement, those numbers are going to drastically fall. And the great thing about that is, Sam, modern monetary theory is going to yep. allow you to live. That's great. Whatever you want, and the universal basic income 
By that point, by the time you're ready to retire, it's going to be... Let's just make it 5000 a month. Well, five? Why stop there? If one's a good <laughs> we idea... We can just print money. If one's 1000 it's a good idea, 20000 a month is even better. I see no fault in that. <laughs> Happy retirement. No flaw in that logic. We're going to give you a retirement party next year. <laughs> I'll finance it for you. <laughs> uh, with that, truly, Sam, it does seem like we're training perspectives here. I think here we today. are. Certainly about not just whether or not we will retire, but then also what retirement looks like. Uh, so with that, guys, thank you all so much for listening. We always love to hear from you all. So if you have any questions or comments about this podcast or any, any ideas for uh, topics for future uh, podcasts, please let us know. You can send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can leave us a review on the podcast outlet of your choice. If you're interested in hearing more or reading more of what we have to say or think, you can check out our blog, Common Sense, amongst other good quality um, topics at oakworthcapital.com underneath the thought leadership tab on our website. Sam, you have anything else? That's all I got. Neither do I. Happy retirement. (laughs) I'll take care.